Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. I'm pulling out of the Joseph series today and got a kind of a standalone message that I want to share with you today uh, from Philippians chapter 1. So if you get your Bible, I hope you got your Bible with you, if not, uh, and turn to Philippians chapter 1. If not, get it on your phone or you can look on with somebody. I was simply just going to talk about this morning to, uh, the importance of being focused on Christ. And that's, I appreciate Matt and the songs that we've sung because they certainly have helped us to do exactly that this morning. So Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, and we'll read through verse 30. So if you've got it and you found it, go ahead and stand up and let's read uh, this passage of Scripture. Stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Paul is writing here, and he, said, he says, verse 18, but what, all right, let me, hey, let me tell you something real quick. Uh, you know, normally I preach out of the ESV, English Standard Version. This morning I'm preaching out of my, faith, my mission trip Bible. This is my NIV Bible that I take on all the mission trips. And I just wanted to preach out of this Bible today because it, the NIV, I, it's just, it, I like the way it's worded. So it's, if you've got the ESV like what I normally, it's going to be a little bit different. just want to tell you that. So, but what does it matter, Paul says? The important thing is that in every way, whether in false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. The reason he said that is because somebody said, hey, look, people are preaching Jesus. They're, telling, they're preaching the gospel out of selfish motives of ambition. And, and Paul said, well, I don't care how they're preaching. I don't care what their motive is. <laughs> that's what I, love. I don't care what their motive is. As long as Jesus is being preached, I'm rejoicing in that. So that's what he's talking about. All right, so keep on going. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, remember that word, so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Matt said this next verse a few minutes ago, verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? Man, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. In other words, that I stay here for a while. Convinced of this, I know that I'll remain and I'll continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. So verse 27 here, check this out. So whatever happens, doesn't matter what happens, you conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I'll know that you're standing firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, and this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him, since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So may God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's pray. So help us now, Father, for these next few minutes to hear from your spirit and then to respond in obedience as you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So, uh, I apologize for having to drink water right in the middle of the mess. I got such a cotton mouth. We've been eating so much at Shiloh. I've been eating, and everything, man, it's just, I'm just, I've been eating a lot. So, uh, focus, 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 focus. 
There's a lot of places that you can be focused right now. A lot of things that you can be focused on right now. A lot of, a lot of stuff that screams for our attention. And unfortunately, a lot of times it gets our attention. Economy. Gas prices. Upcoming presidential election that's going to be just crazy. I mean, it's going to get, just it's going to get crazy in the next several months. Um, LGBTQ agenda stuff, Bud Light, Target, I mean, all kinds of stuff that's got our attention. And you may start focusing on those things, and you get depressed, you get discouraged, you get disheartened, you get, you get, you just, it just, it just ruins your life. I mean, you just kind of feel, you feel, you feel helpless, like I can't do anything about it. You feel hopeless, that ain't never going to get any better. Uh, it just, it becomes this thing that just really weighs down on you. And that's, and that is what happens. That is what happens. When you, when you let your focus, and we all do it, so I'm not pointing fingers at y'all. We all do it. We all end up getting, letting our focus get messed up, jacked up. We just kind of, we just get out of focus and start look, focusing on things that we just, that, that don't help us at all. When we need to be focused on Christ, when we need to be focused on Christ, there's a declaration that I want to make to you right now, and I think it's on a slide. If we can pop that slide up here, there's a declaration that I want to make to you now that when everything else in our lives, and this is a long thing, so I mean, I know some of you like to take notes, and so I'll leave it up there for just a second if you want to write it down. But when everything else in our lives is in a rapid state of change, and it is, so much of our lives, it just is going, everything's just moving so fast, so many moving parts, so many things happening, then know this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And so we can believe that, we can stand on that, and we need to focus on Him now more than ever. We need to be focused on Christ now more than ever, with all that is going on. And if we're learning anything in the midst of these crazy days we're living in, is that we can't depend on anything to stay the same. We can't depend on anything to stay the same. And that's why we have to stay focused on Christ, because He is the same and will always be the same forever. And we can trust Him. So my encouragement in this simple message today that I believe the church needs to hear is that we simply but seriously need to be focused on Christ. When I was in seminary back in the late 80s, I was down at New Orleans Seminary, and uh, we had chapel every day. And I'll be honest with you, chapel sometimes could be very sparsely attended, um, you know, if one of the if one of the professors was teach, preaching that day, you know, like the you know the archaeology professor was preaching that day, it's just kind of like you know what that donut shop across the street over there, you know, and we'd go hang out over there instead of going to chapel, um, unless Jerry Clower was there. Jerry Clower came; he loved New Orleans Seminary, and he would come preach every year. And man, it would be packed to the rafters when Jerry Clower was there. But when the seminary professors were there, not so much. But I was there one day when a guy, when one of our professors, Dr. Daniel Holcomb, Holcomb, Dr. Dan Holcomb, was preaching that day. 
He's made, he made a statement that I remember where I was sitting in the chapel that day, and he said this statement. I grabbed my pen and wrote it down, wrote it in the inside cover of my Bible. He's, this is the statement. Listen to it. He said this. Preoccupation, listen, preoccupation with self at any level is always suicidal. Say it again. Let it kind of resonate. Let it kind of settle in. Preoccupation with self at any level is always suicidal. What Dr. Holcomb was saying and what I'm saying to you today is that when we get preoccupied with anything else in our lives other than Christ, it will bring decline and death. It'll be suicidal. It'll be spiritual suicide. I mean, you get, you get focused on your appearance. You get focused on your status. You get focused on your kids. You get focused on your career. You get focused on making money. You get focused on, you just fill in the blank. I'm not saying those things are bad. Please don't misunderstand because you've got to stay focused on money to pay your bills and take care of your family and stuff like that. But when that becomes the focus of your life, when those things, you got to stay focused on your kids, you got to raise them, but when they become the focus of your life to the neglect of being focused on Christ, then it is suicidal. You will begin, you will begin to decline and ultimately end up dying in your spiritual life if you're focused anywhere else other than focused on Christ. You'll see the decline and the death of the joy in your life. Decline and death of peace in your life. Decline and death in your passion for worship because worship is focused on God. But when you're focused on yourself, you ain't going to be worshiping God. Anything that you're focused on other than Christ, your, your preferences, your desires, your stuff will lead to the decline and death of stuff in your life. So that is why it is so important, so important that we stay focused on Christ in all of our lives. And I want to remind you, Paul was writing it. So, you know, here's a guy who's writing this letter from a Roman prison cell. His circumstances were worse than any circumstances that anybody in this room are in right now. He is chained up to a burly, ugly, smelly Roman prison guard possibly facing death and yet he writes and says hey y'all rejoice in the lord rejoice in god and the only way that he could say that the only way that he could do that was because even in the midst of his horrendous circumstances paul was focused on christ and that's where we have to be too let me quickly quickly give you these points this morning number one why do we need to be focused on Christ? Because it strengthens our prayer life. Now, you know, we talk about prayer a lot, but we, brother, let me tell you something. We don't just talk about prayer. We do a lot of praying around here because we believe in the God who is the one to whom we are praying. You know, we say we believe in the power of prayer. We do, but the only reason we believe in the power of prayer is because we're praying to the all-powerful God of all the universe. Amen? And so that's why we believe in prayer. But Paul said there in, 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 chapter, uh, in verse one, uh, chapter 1, and then he said in verse 19, he said, for I, verse 18, I'm going to continue to rejoice. Why? Because I know that through your prayers and the work of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be okay. And so focusing on Christ will strengthen your prayer life. 
The more you focus on Christ, the more you're going to focus on prayer. The more you focus on prayer, the more you're going to focus on Christ. It becomes everything in our lives. And Paul was a, an incredible prayer warrior. All of his letters have these prayers that he prayed for the people in the churches to whom he wrote. I mean, this beautiful prayer for the Ephesians, the incredible prayer for the Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and glorify him in everything, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to God the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I'm telling you, Paul loved these people that he loved and he would pray for them. And the reason he prayed is because he was focused on Christ. And so I just tell you simply but profoundly that if you want to have a strong prayer life, then you must be focused on Christ. I know that's, for some of you, it's like, duh, but it's, it's a big duh. You better make sure that you're focused on Christ so that your prayer life will be all that you need for it to be. It, it strengthens our prayer life. You know, one of the things that we, you'll, if you come to, shallow tonight and remember you have to come remember you've got to come if you come to shallow tonight what will happen the service starts at 7 30 so at 7 25 there's going to be a lady that's going to walk up behind the pulpit and there's a rope hanging down from the pulpit uh from the ceiling right behind the pulpit she's going to reach up there and she's going to grab that rope and she's going to ding, ding. there's a big old bell on top of the tabernacle so that, that means you got that's the five minute warning that uh, you, you, the kids have got to stop playing wiffle ball out there. They, the, the, you got to come out of your, your little uh, cabins and you got to come on under the tabernacle stuff. Church is starting in five minutes. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said, the great Charles Spurgeon. He said, prayer pulls the rope below and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. Listen to what he says, though. He says, some scarcely stir the bell. For they pray so languidly or so weakly. Don't even, like a little jingle bell. They, don't, they barely ring the bell. Is that you? He says, some, others only give it an, an occasional jerk at the rope. It's kind of a hit and miss. Kind of those 911 prayers that you pray, oh my gosh, God, you got to help me. But then he says, but he who communicates with heaven is the man or the woman who grasps the rope boldly and pulls continuously with all his might. That's prayer. And focusing on Christ will strengthen that prayer life. Focusing on Christ also supplies us with courage. Man, Paul's sitting, he is sitting in a prison cell, possible death sentence on his life. Would you be scared? <laughs> yeah fear is just a debilitating thing and man there's so many things in our lives so many things that scare us and that just shut us down fear just shuts us down the fear of job loss shuts us down the fear of failing health shuts us down the fear of our kids future shuts us down the fear of you just figured out it would fear just it just immobilizes us sometimes and if we, if we don't focus on Christ, then man, that fear will just envelop us and take over. 
It can do that individually to us as individuals. But let me tell you something. As the pastor of this church, let me straight up tell you something. Fear can shut a church down. You know, we know we're supposed to walk by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. So we have to walk by faith. But maybe we look around us and we see stuff that scares us, you know. We're hearing people say, you know, we ain't never been this far behind in our budget given, so what's going on? You going to let that be the thing that's going to scare you? I don't know what's going on. I, I got some thoughts, but that's a whole other sermon. But if we're going to be scared, if we're going to be scared, then let's shut the doors and let's don't be a church. Churches aren't scared of stuff. We ain't scared of Satan. Amen? We're not scared. And when you're focused on Christ, you have the courage. That doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean that you just... You know, you just blindly walk through life without, well, not a care in the world. No, I'm just not, I'm just telling you. But we don't let fear shut us down. Because we're focused on Christ. And He's got everything that we need to live for Him. He will, you go over to Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. You want know, me tell you how to, you want me give you a remedy to, for your fear? I will give you a remedy right now, a biblical remedy for any fear that you have in your life right now. It's Philippians 4 19. Any fear that whatever you're scared of right now, Philippians 4.19 speaks to it. It says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That means God is going to take care of you if you belong to him. And you just don't have anything to be afraid of. And it just, and again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being this, this everything's fine, everything's, every, you know, Pie in the sky, by and by kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be unrealistic about life and how hard things can get. But either we believe this stuff or we don't. And the Word of God tells us that if we focus on Christ, we simply do not have to fear anything. Paul wasn't scared of anything. They're about to take his head off. Well, they didn't here in this letter, but after he wrote 2 Timothy and he told Timothy, he said, the time of my departure is coming. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who long for his appearing. So try to come see me soon, Timothy. Because right after he signed the end of that letter, they took his head off. But he was focused on Christ. It supplies the courage that we need. You focus on yourself. You focus on your circumstances. You focus on the headlines. You focus on your social media feed. And you're going to be freaked out your entire life. You focus on Christ and it supplies courage that you need. You focus on Christ. Number three, I got two more real quick. It sharpens our perspective. It sharpens our perspective. Verse 21 is that verse that is just so, it's a signature verse for us as Christ followers. It says, for, Paul says, hey, look, for, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Let me tell you how that sharpens your perspective on life. That means that what Paul is saying here, Paul is saying, look, 
If I am alive, if I've got breath in my body, if my heart is beating, if my brain is working, if I'm still functioning, if I'm still able to, then while I am alive, I will live for Jesus. For to me to live is Christ. So every Christ follower in this room right now, there, there is your purpose for living. For to me to live is to be a good daddy. Yeah, 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 that's fine. But you better make sure that you're focused on Christ. For me to live is to make a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with trying to make some money. But you better make sure that your focus is on Christ. For me to live is to be a great athlete. Man, go be a great athlete. But you better make sure like those girls on that Oklahoma softball team, you better make sure that you're focused on Christ in the midst of being an athletic superstar. Because I'm just telling you, it sharpens your perspective when you're focused on Christ. For to me to live is Christ. So as long as I'm breathing. I said this before. I get emotional every time. The other night, my, some of my grandkids, Reese and Allison and their kids were at the uh, service the other night. And I quoted this verse. And I looked over my granddaughters and my grandson, three of the seven. And I said, I want them to be able to say, you know, yeah, I want them to say, oh, we love Pops. Pops was a great, he was a really fun granddaddy. They think Vicky's a whole lot more fun than me, and, and she is. But, but what I want them to say about me and what I want them to say about her is that one day when we take our last breath, they're going to be able to say, you know, while, while Pops and Vivi were alive, they lived for Jesus. And we had fun with them, and we ate a lot of ice cream, and we got to go do stuff, and we played, and we had fun, and went and spent the night with Vivi and made Pop stay downstairs while we were upstairs and all that kind of stuff. But while they were alive, they lived for Jesus. And then, let me tell you something, my brother. When I close my eyes in death, and if you're a Christ follower, when you close your eyes in death, to die is gain. It just gets better. It just gets better. It just gets better. I ain't saying I've got a, I'm, I'm hoping I die today, but I'm telling you, my, let me tell you something. I drop dead right now. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm better than all of y'all if I drop dead right now. I'm better than all of y'all. Because to die is gain. You see the perspective, how it just sharpens me. While I'm alive, I got one thing. I got one thing. To live as Christ. Shoo, man, just sharpens that perspective. And then when I die, it's going to get better. Because Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions, John chapter 14. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So it just gets better. And for those of us and all of us in here have lost loved ones, Friends, family members, husbands, wives, daddies, mamas, granddaddies, grandmothers. And if they knew Christ, they're, they're, listen, they, they, they're, they're fine. They're fine. They gained a whole lot when they breathed their last breath here. And it sharpens your perspective. And then one more thing and finish this thing up. Focus on Christ. Sets our, the pattern for our lifestyle. As Paul said down there in one of those last verses there in verse 27, he says, hey, whatever happens, whatever happens, you conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. In other words, what he was saying is that the way you live your life speaks, speaks volumes about what you believe about the gospel. 
Do you hear that? The way you live your life speaks volumes about what you believe about the gospel of Jesus. Which means we better be focused on Christ because it's whatever you're doing, whatever happens, you conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. That ought to be the pattern of our lifestyle. That everything, every aspect of our life is colored by our understanding of the gospel. And we live our lives and conduct ourselves based on what we believe about Jesus. So that means we better stay focused on Christ because when we do that, we go, you know what? I'm going to live my life to bring honor and glory to him. Because the gospel says that I was a dirty, rotten, lost sinner bound for hell. And by the grace of God, he snatched me out of that and saved my sorry soul. And because of that now, man, I want to stay focused on him and I want to live for Christ. You see, church, the importance of us staying focused on Christ, it touches every aspect of our lives. So the invitation this morning is going to be two things. I guess maybe three things. Let me do two these first ones. The first one is this. I hope and pray that there's somebody here today that you're going to start focusing on Christ for the very first time today. That today is going to be the day that you're going to say yes to Christ. That you're going to realize I'm not focused on him because I don't even know him. And today is going to be the day you're going to cry out to Jesus and be saved. Come to Christ today and be saved. If you don't know Jesus, come to Christ today and be saved. The first night, Friday night, last Friday night is shallow. After the service was over, gave the invitation, asked folks to come forward. I had a senior adult lady walk up to me with tears in her eyes. And I said, what's going on? And she said, I just want you to pray for me. I said, why do I need to pray for you? She said, my husband died a year ago, and I'm just really struggling. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. I said, what about your walk with the Lord? She said, well, my faith is just kind of struggling right now, too. I said, okay. So I prayed for her. That was Friday night, Saturday night. Gave the invitation. She and about two other people came down and went over to the altar, the altar rail I told you about, and knelt down over there. And I could tell that she was weeping again. So I got up, and I went over there, and I knelt down in front of her. I said, Mary Ann, i got to ask you something. I said, do you need to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior and be saved right now? And she said, yes, I do. And that senior adult lady gave her life to Christ, and we baptized her two nights later. So I'm just telling you, if you need Christ, now is the time. I don't care how old you are, young or old, if you need Jesus, come to Christ today. But the second invitation is for those of us that know Jesus, but you would have to say, John, right now, my focus has not been on Christ. It has been on a lot of other stuff in my life. It hadn't been on Jesus. Then let me tell you something. Then today is the day for you to get your focus sharpened back in on Jesus now. And come to him. Come to this altar. Get on your face before the Lord. Cry out to him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've not been focused on you. I want to rededicate my life, recommit my life, and get focused back on you. You can come pray with me about that if you want to. Grab somebody else. Go talk to Harvey. Come up here and drag Matt off the keyboard. Uh, go, go back there to Michael, whatever. If you need somebody to pray for you, pray with you, come and let us do that. And then one more thing, the third thing, is that summer of salvation thing. Part of that is that we will be focused on Christ and the gospel this summer. So maybe if you've already set your goal, you set that goal right on your card, come up here and put it on this altar. and just maybe, If you want to just drop it, that's fine. If you want to stop and put it on the altar and just maybe say a prayer before you go, that'd be cool too. So that's it. Come to Christ. 
rededicate your life to get focused on Jesus again and make a commitment to share Christ this summer and stay focused on him all summer long. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So, Father, help us now during these moments of invitation to say yes to you, Lord, to say yes to you, whatever that means, to come to Christ and be saved, to rededicate and refocus our lives this morning, to make a commitment to share Christ with some people this summer. Lord, help us to say yes to you now in this invitation for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.